0: Welcome to a Biblical Perspective Podcast, where God's point of view matters. I'm your host, Prophet C.T. Johnson. Join me as I boldly and unapologetically address the church's stance and position regarding an array of subjects and topics using the Word of God as the frame of reference. Are you ready? Let's hear what God has to say. You cannot demand honor without first living an honorable life. Honor is a law and a principle that changed the trajectory of my life. This principle has empowered my progression, promotion and prosperity. This is not just an idea that I believe in. The principle of honor is a life constitution for me. In other words, this is a paradigm and a way of life for me. The principle of honor shapes my mindset, my relationships, my brand, my faith, and every single thing that I do. This principle took me from the back and moved me to the front. When I learned the power of honor, it unlocked doors, changed my relationship constellation, unleashed my true capacity, and gave me the courage to conquer new frontiers. In fact, I had gifts, talents, and abilities in me that I did not even have a clue that I possessed. However, when I learned the law of honor, I tapped into latent talents and abilities. I am doing things today that I never imagined I could do. I attribute it all to the law of honor greetings my biblical perspective family this is yours truly prophecy T. Johnson and I am so excited to be back with you once again on a biblical perspective podcast I am not alone on today I have a thought leader a man of God that you're going to enjoy In regards to the discussion and the subject matter that we're getting ready to engage in the quote, as well as the excerpt that I just shared with you is taken from the book entitled honor, the law that governs greatness. The author of this powerful book is I'm proud to call him friend Minister Jameel Sanders, he is the author of this powerful book, again, entitled Honor the Law that Governs Greatness. And we're getting ready to have a powerful dialogue with this thought leader, with this prophetic voice. yea, even an apostolic voice. And you're going to receive enlightenment, enlightenment, understanding and, yea, even be empowered in regards to this subject of honor. You're going to learn things that you, I'm telling you, did not know as it pertains to the significance of honor, the purpose of honor and learning that honor is more than just being respectful. But it indeed is a principle. Jamil Sanders is a life and business strategist, author, speaker, podcast host, prophetic voice, success mentor, highly respected thought leader, and leading empowerment specialist. As one of the most respected voices in the world, he is committed to helping leaders and entrepreneurs succeed by sharing the secrets and systems that have contributed to his success. This commitment encompasses books live events, training systems and programs. Jamil has been featured on the Huffington post elite daily thrive global and numerous other media platforms. Jamil has successfully empowered leaders and entrepreneurs around the world to succeed in life and business. A biblical perspective podcast family helped me give a round warm of welcome and applause to My guest, my friend, Minister Jamil Sanders. Let's welcome him on in here. (laughs) Minister Sanders, we're so grateful for you being here on today. Greet us and say hello.
1: Well, hello to all of your listeners, and thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, be a part of your platform and what you're doing. And just thank you for having me as a guest.
0: Well, thank you, sir, for agreeing and accepting the invitation to be with us on today. Listen, we're going to dive, delve, jump right into this discussion, this interview. I want you all and Minister Sanders is going to before our uh, time together comes to an end. He's going to inform you all, all of our listeners, how you can get your hands on Your own copy of this powerful book, honor the law that governs greatness. So make sure that you stick with us all the way to the end because he's going to inform you again how you can receive your own copy as well as connect with him and be a part of all the kingdom endeavors that he is leading and that you want to be a part of. So what we're going to discuss today, honor. However, those of you who follow a biblical perspective, you know that we're not discussing what it is, we're discussing from our point of view, our purview, from our understanding. We're voicing God's mind, expressing God's mind, articulating God God's mind as it pertains to the subject. And today the subject is honor. Now, most Christians, most people, whether believers or non-believers, when it comes to honor, their understanding, their comprehension is one-dimensional. And most people only understand honor from the perspective of respect and or being respectful. And of course, Christians dealing with honor. You ask them about it. Most of them go right to Exodus 20 and 12, where it says, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Well, Minister Sanders is going to help us understand that there is more to honor than just Exodus 20 and 12. And so, Minister Sanders, what is honor? Define honor for us. Discuss honor for us. Bring us into a greater understanding. Take us into, uh, take us beyond the the surface and or the superficial understanding or perspective of honor. What is it?
1: That's a loaded question. But um, honor is more than as you were saying. It is not just respect or revere or admiration. Mm-hmm. Honor is a spiritual law and it is a spiritual principle. And so if we look at the scriptures, this entire book really came out of a couple of verses. In okay. the book of First Kings chapter 19, Elijah and Elisha, we see them first interacting. And if you do some study and get more context, you understand that Elijah has just come out of his showdown with the prophets of Baal He's just come through an encounter with Jezebel Mm -hmm. and Jezebel gives him this prophetic announcement or almost as a pronostication. And she tells him that, you know, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to literally make your life as a dead man. And he sees these words. And as he sees these words, he becomes a slave in prison to those words. And he runs for his life. And it's just a phenomenal story. Because on the heels of his greatest breakthrough and victory as a prophet in Israel, we find him suicidal and ready to die and ready to give up his assignment. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of this, God begins to speak to him and tell him, Elijah, I want you to begin to anoint your successors. I want you to anoint the individuals that are going to take over for you because you allowed Uh, fear and frustration to cost you your assignment. Mm -hmm. And Mm so in that exchange, he begins to tell him that one of the people he was to anoint was Elisha. And so we find Elijah going to uh, this particular area and anointing Elisha. The the, the scripture said that he placed his mantle upon him, Mm -hmm. and he literally extends an invitation to Elisha to follow him. And so when you talk about this principle of honor, it's not just respect or admiration, but honor is literally the courage, the willingness, the commitment to leave everything that you know and everything that is familiar to you and to follow God on a journey that you are not even totally aware of where he's taking you. Wow! And so Elisha was willing to lay down everything that was familiar to him, everything that he was accustomed to, to follow a prophetic prompting from God.
0: Now, now, wait a minute. That's powerful. You, you said a mouthful and I know you have much more that you desire to unpack and I'm going to allow you to do that. But listen, I want to make sure that we don't miss any of the wisdom, any of the the intel, the intelligence that is uh, that you're dropping by the spirit. So you said that honor is more than just respect. You said honor is the willingness, having the courage. That's a word that you use. You said having the courage to let go of what is familiar, let go of what, is connected to your agenda and your will and purpose for your life to embrace that of God's. Now just hit that a little more, hit that a little more because that was powerful. And again, most people, when we talk about honor and hear about honor and discuss about honor, I have yet to hear anyone attach what you did to what honor is, and that is having the courage to let go. Deal with that a little more. Expand on that.
1: Yeah. Elisha, what we have to understand about Elisha, Elisha is already in a prominent position. He's in line to run this empire for his family, so he comes from wealth and means and access and In the midst of all of this, as you study the life of Elisha, you find a very powerful prophetic intercessor that though he was in a place of great promise in his life, he had this internal warfare going on. Mm -hmm. He knew that there was something greater that he had been destined to do. And so he comes to this realization that something I've been promised will demand something that is precious to me. Mm. And so he didn't know when it was coming, how it was coming. But all of a sudden, this prophetic appointment shows up in his life. A mantle is thrown on him. And Mm -hmm. for the first time in his life, Elisha feels alive. He understands what this uneasiness, this prophetic prompting that he's been feeling on the inside. He begins to realize that this was the date with destiny that he had been waiting on. And that God was challenging him to come out. That's why I say the courage Mm -hmm. of everything that was familiar to him to embrace this new frontier and reality of what was possible for him. And this is where this whole paradigm and principle of honor comes from in our having the courage to take this journey, to step into a reality that's not yet born to time, but to trust God and to see that process through to the end.
0: Wow. Now, so let's deal with how the lack of courage prohibits one from embracing this principle of honor. How is courage connected to honor manifesting in one's life, being activated in one's life? Because, the, again, that's a, a, a powerful piece uh, that you just shared in regards to honor, the principle thereof, How uh, and, and that is of courage. And if Elisha failed to step out, if he failed to be bold about what he was sensing and bold about what he was uh. uh Bold about the prompting that was obviously taking place in his spirit and in his heart regarding his purpose beyond that of his father, beyond that of the family business, as it were. He knew that I'm called to something greater. I'm called to something beyond this. Uh, but if he failed to. Develop and or have that boldness and or the courage to embrace what had embraced him, what had encountered him by way of Elijah in the mantle, how does that the lack of courage, the inability to uh, develop in the as in, in that aspect, how does that affect honor? Hopefully that that, that that made sense. I know I probably asked about two or three questions in one, but <laughs> Deal with that a little little bit. That's a good
1: question. What we first of all have to understand is that uh, courage is not just an attribute. Courage is a persona. Um, It's it's a garment that you have to put on. And one of the things that I always tell people is that you cannot change your life without courage. Mm. Everything that you are carrying on the inside will die without courage, wow. because no, courage. So, so, so is say say not, that again.
0: Everything will everything die. Everything
1: that you are carrying on the inside yes. will die without, without courage. without courage.
0: Wow, wow.
1: Because what we don't understand is that courage is not just the absence of fear; it is the full assurance of faith. Mm. And faith is not just a force. Faith is a currency. But Mm -hmm. more than that, faith is trust. And every relationship in your life moves at the speed of trust. That's true. And so if you're going to fulfill your destiny, if you're going to get to where God wants you to get in your life, you cannot get there without courage. And courage is not an emotion. Like I said, it's a persona. It is a spirit that you have to possess on the inside that begins to rise up in you. And that tells you that your today is not your tomorrow mm-hmm. and that your tomorrow is worth contending for mm-hmm. to step out of your today so that you can embrace what's been destined for your life.
0: And so help someone get to that point of courage, because you, you said again that it's not an emotion and correct me if I'm, misquoting what you said, you said it's, it's a persona. Uh, so help those listening who are dealing, struggling with that in which you just said, they know I'm called. I have a calling. There's a prompting. There's an urging. There is a compelling, but they are yet stagnant. They're yet immobile. They're yet bound. By fear of the unknown, fear of what they perceive will happen or won't happen. How does one get to that point where they are operating in the courage required to activate this principle of honor? And then what happens once you develop that courage? and you're activating that principle, the honor principle, what now can you expect to transpire in your life?
1: That's a great question, and that's a loaded question, too. But when it comes to this whole thing of courage, Mm -hmm. the thing that you have to do as an individual is you have to get to a place of clarity in your life. Mm. The most important question you can ever ask yourself is not, why is this happening to me? It's not, why is this not manifesting yet? The question you have to ask yourself is, what do I really want? Mm -hmm. And if you can identify what you really want, you can begin to develop the courage to move from where you are to where it is you want to be. There's always going to be something standing in the way of you and the ultimate purpose and the plan of God for your life. But the way that you get there is you possess this quality called courage, and you do this very, very important thing, and that is you begin the work of renewing of your mind. You have Mm -hmm. to begin to deal with self-limiting beliefs, self-limiting perceptions, self-limiting philosophies, self-limiting ideologies, self-limiting constructs. Mm-hmm. Everything that has been embedded into your psychological makeup that has told you that you are inferior, you're insignificant, you're inadequate, all of those things are what I call the, the pieces that create an identity crisis. Wow. And so you have to begin to deal with those aspects of yourself because the real battle is not even the giant or the enemy. The real battle is between your two ears. It's psychological. That's it. And so if you can win the battle up here and win the battle in thought, you can defeat whatever it is that's standing between you and your destiny. So the first thing you have to begin to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, the
0: spirit of your mind. Wow. That was powerful. Run down for the listeners. Again, those self limiting, uh, points that you went through, you said, if you're going to, uh, yeah, yeah, just, just run, run through those again. You said, okay,
1: you have to begin to deal with self limiting beliefs, self limiting beliefs. Um,
0: Self-limiting perceptions, self-limiting perceptions, self-limiting ideologies, self-limiting ideologies. Yes. Wow.
1: Self-limiting philosophies,
0: philosophies.
1: And I believe the other piece that I was talking about was those um, self-limiting constructs or. Uh, psychological faculties Mm -hmm. of thought that keep you in certain patterns and seasons. You have to address all of that in order to change and move forward.
0: Wow. So in other words, you have to cease seeing yourself according to previous environments, according to failures, according to what you were told. You have to begin to see yourself according to God's. Perception of you, according to God's. uh, God's understanding of, of, of who you are, of who he's made you to be, you have to renew how you think and align your thinking with God's thoughts, not just align your thinking, but as as Paul said, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. So basically we have to have. a a mental renewal as it pertains to who we think we are, what we think we can accomplish, what we've been told that we don't qualify for. We have to literally uh, uh, demolish our old mindset and reprogram ourselves in accordance to God's way of thinking, God's way of operating, God's way of of doing things. Is is, is that correct to say?
1: That's that's exactly it. Because what we don't understand is that um, everything that God has promised and predestined for your life is already finished. Mhm. Uh, The challenge is that God has to perfect and polish the vessel to move us into the fulfillment of that thing. And so a lot of times people say, why has this not happened or why is this not unfolding in my life yet? Because it has to move from the potential of what it can be into the power of what it was created to be. And so as you begin that work of engaging, that renewing of the mind, you tap into that power of who God created you to be. And then you're able to possess the promise of your destiny and all those things that are connected to his ultimate plan and purpose for your life.
0: Wow. This is good. This is good. So I want to move further in this powerful, enlightening, insightful discussion of honor, the law that governs greatness. And again, those of you whom, might just be tuning in to the podcast. We are, I am discussing this subject matter with author, Minister Jamil Sanders. He is the author of several books. His most latest release is Honor the Law that Governs Greatness. And so we are discussing this great book and we again, we're going to we're going to inform you of how you can get your hands on it, because I'm telling you this definitely this book you definitely need in your library. I want to deal with the quote that's in your book that's within the introduction portion that we started the, the podcast off with, and that is. I quote, you cannot demand honor without first living an honorable life. End of quote. What do you what do you mean by that?
1: I think we live in a culture and a society that demands respect and honor from other individuals, but they don't demonstrate it. Mm. Honor is not something that is bestowed upon an individual because of rank or title or position. Mm -hmm. Honor has to deal with the core of an individual's heart. It is the spirit of a person. It is the character of a person. It is the service of a person uh, that makes a person honorable. And so one of the things that I've seen in leadership over the years is I've seen a lot of ego trips. I've seen a lot of individuals yes, that yes. You know, come under the guise of power and influence and prestige. But in my vocabulary, they, 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 they come up as dishonorable. Uh, they don't have any humility. Wow. There is no service. There is no leadership. I think the thing that is so powerful about Elisha's life is that this man served Elijah for a decade or more, simply Mm -hmm. pouring water on his hands and being his assistant. Mm -hmm. He went from running a business to being the heir of what was a large family business and corporation at that time to the place of pouring water on the hands of a senior prophet. And it's, it's it's a lesson in humility and service and understanding that Whatever rank or position God has given us, mm-hmm. we have it by the grace of God, That's not right. by merit, not by pedigree, not by all of the factors that we would consider to be uh, success in the world. But God is really looking for a humble servants, those that possess a servant's heart and understand that the purpose of power is to serve and to impact people's lives and not just to. Uh, be glorified or edified as an individual. So it's understanding that in order to get honor, I got to demonstrate what honor is through the way that I live my own life.
0: Wow. So you're telling me that honor is not an entitlement. You mean that I'm not entitled to receiving honor. I'm not entitled to being honored because of my position, because of the, uh, the authority in which my position uh, possesses is is, is is that what you're telling me, Mr. Sanders, that I, I'm not entitled to honor.
1: That's exactly what <laughs> I'm telling you, because what we don't understand is that God's system does not uh, correlate with human systems. And Mm -hmm. while human systems may reward you for your credentials and your pedigree Mm -hmm. and all of those different uh, meritocracy systems that they have in place, God's kingdom does not operate on meritocracy. God's kingdom operates on kingdom laws and principles. And one of the greatest laws of the kingdom is the law of honor and service. And, and and to add to that, there is no authority that we have that God did not give us. So we don't have the right to claim authority if God has not deemed and approved that to be a thing of authority. Wow. So all authority derives itself from him and he is the governor of it.
0: Wow. This is good. This is this not good. My biblical perspective, family, aren't you? So proud of yourself that you tuned in today, that you're subscribed to the podcast. This is some good stuff, to say the least. Uh, I know, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Sanders has probably burst many bubbles (laughs) in just what he said a few seconds ago, that position does not warrant honor, nor does it entitle one To receiving honor. Real quick, and this is not really a sidebar, this ties and connects into what we're discussing. Honor the law that governs greatness. Two questions I'm going to throw at you. First, we I rather quoted from Exodus 12 and 20 honor thy father and thy mother. Now, based on what you just said, that position does not warrant honor, it does not entitle one to honor. Let's deal with Exodus 20 and 12, and I want to hear what you have to say as it pertains to the meaning of that verse. And then let's discuss very briefly those parents that use this very verse and in some cases abuse their position or even manipulate their children by utilizing this verse telling them you have to do what I say. You have to uh, uh, do whatever I'm instructing you because the Bible says honor thy father and mother. So let's deal with that because you just told us that position does not warrant or it does not entitle one to honor. So what do you say to that parent, to that adult, to that guardian that utilizes this verse in Exodus 20 and 12 to get their way. Let's talk about that.
1: Well, first of all, if if they use a, a verse to get their way, that's already demonic and that's already witchcraft and manipulation. Exactly. But what we have to understand is that the context of the verse that you're talking about is talking about the which the first institution that God created was the institution of family. And then there are four other institutions, but this was the primary institution.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so within that family, there is a father and a mother. And according to God's system, there is to be honor uh, for those individuals. But what I think we have to understand is that we honor, um, we respect, excuse me, let me get my words correct, we respect. Respect position, mm-hmm. but we honor character. Wow! So there are oh, some individuals.
0: I gotta hit the bell on that because that <laughs> you said we, we we say it again. I I, I don't even want to misquote you. What did you just say? Say that again.
1: We respect position, uh-huh. but we honor character. We
0: respect so, position, yeah, but we honor character. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. that again for somebody that didn't catch it. He said, we respect position, but we honor character. Okay, go ahead, sir. Finish your thought out. That was just bail worthy right there. I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead. Everybody doesn't come from the same institutional family structure. So I never make assumptions. I came from a great institutional family structure. So it's very easy to honor because the character is there. And it's very easy to honor when the character and everything and character Mm -hmm. is is just another word for me for authenticity. It is when what I display and what I declare are married and you are not able to divide them. So a person that that is a person of character, what we say, what we do is the same. And so we we honor character, but there are other individuals that grew up in environments and places where you have to respect because that is the parent, that is the guardian, that is over you. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the character piece, there's not necessarily this great degree of honor there because the character piece has been missing. missing, And so that's why I say we respect the position that that person holds in Mm -hmm. our lives Mm -hmm. but it's very difficult to honor a hypocrite Mm. it's very difficult to honor a person that says one thing and does something else because this is a person that is incongruent and when you're incongruent there is a disconnect between our declaration and the display of how we're living our lives and so this, this is one of the the things that create such a division in the family and in so many other arenas, because we, we confuse the two words. You can respect positions. We can respect offices, but when we talk about honor, you can only bestow honor on individuals that have demonstrated character and integrity in the way that they lived their lives.
0: Wow. So now when I do just that, when I honor when I operate within this principle of honor and I am, well, let's start there. How does one activate the law of honor? How does one begin to employ, utilize, and operate in this principle Because, again, the book is entitled Honor, the Law that Governs Greatness. So everyone, of course, if you would ask, do you want to be great? Do you want to achieve great things? Of course, the answer would come back a resounding yes, 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 yes. I want to be great. I want to achieve greatness and all of that. However, you said that honor is the law, the principle of that governs greatness. It, 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 uh, oversees greatness. It, uh, uh, it directs greatness. So how do we employ, operate this law in order for the greatness that any and everyone wants to achieve? How do we do that? Help us in that regard.
1: Ooh, that, that that's, a, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um, in order to operate in the law of honor, I believe two key things have to happen. Uh, first of all, you have to come to a place of total surrender in your life. Okay, so That means that what God wills for my life is greater than what I want for my life. Mm. So we, we have to establish that peace mm-hmm. because desire gets in the way of destiny. And so oh, you, we have to determine that what God wills for my life is mm-hmm. greater than what I want.
2: Wow. And God if you're really greater.
1: serious about mm-hmm. that decision, God is going to call you to a place of laying your life down in the service of someone that is greater than you. The scripture says, what is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? And so what happens is God is going to call you to a place of surrender and service to somebody's vision that is greater than you Mm -hmm. to qualify you to see if you're really ready for greatness. Wow. And then he's going to take you on a journey, which the whole book honor is about the journey from potential To um, prophetic destiny and what that journey is in the middle is called development
2: Mm. and so when
1: you make the decision that you're going to serve somebody's vision greater than you god is going to take you on a journey of development and how you handle that development is going to determine whether you step into your destiny or whether you forfeit what he's called you to do
0: wow wow and again i say wow so, I operate, I activate, I employ this principle of honor by submitting to the God vision of another. Submitting, meaning I support it not only in word, I support in presence, I support in deed, I support financially, I support in prayer. And these are the steps, these are the, the 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 activators and or the initiators of this principle of honor. And as I do what you forementioned, God is surveying, God is evaluating, God is checking to see if I am uh, meeting the requirements that qualify me for my purpose and my destiny? Is is, is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because for every prophetic promise Mm -hmm. in your life, Mm -hmm. there is a prophetic development. Mm -hmm. And what we have done, we have shouted, We have danced, we have given offerings, we have given to to the great charitable causes, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we thought all of those things were going to uh, cause us to skip the process and just step into destiny. And the reality is, is that a prophetic word is simply an invitation into the possibilities of what your life can be. That's it. But your development will determine the prophetic fulfillment of that word and that thing in your life.
0: Mm. Wow. This is good. This is good. So now, listen, Ooh, I'm telling you, I'm so full right now. And I know those of you who are listening, listen, you owe it to yourself to replay this. Discussion, This interview, this teaching, this empowerment session, it's all of that. You need to replay this several times so that the revelation, the information and the potency of what Minister Sanders is is, is sharing and imparting is able to take root in your in your life. Uh, And and in order for it to manifest in your life, it has to take root in your heart, take root in your spirit. I'm telling you, uh, this is is powerful, powerful stuff. Honor the law that governs greatness. This book contains 10 chapters. And in our remaining time, I want to highlight two chapters from uh, from your book. One, the first chapter rather that I want to deal with chapter four, chapter four. And this this the title of this chapter intrigued me. I can't wait to get my hands on your book and and, and read the the book in its entirety. But I am most interested, particularly in chapter four, reckless abandonment and chapter two. And I give uh, the topic of chapter chapter 10 rather. I'll give the topic of chapter 10 or the subject of chapter 10 here in a second, but chapter four is entitled reckless abandonment. Talk to us about this chapter. How is reckless abandonment connected to honor? Talk about that.
1: Well, when we started this discussion, I took you on kind of a biblical um, field trip, and I tried to take you through Elijah Mm -hmm. and some of his journey and him coming to Elisha. And what you have to understand is that Elisha was in the field. He was plowing with the 12 yoke of oxen, Mm -hmm. and we know from study, from history, that Elisha comes from a very wealthy family. To to have more than one uh, of anything in terms of agriculture shows that they were very prosperous people. Absolutely. And so the thing that's so interesting about this this text is that Elijah throws his mantle on Elisha, and then Elijah walks away. And Elisha is faced with a very critical decision in that moment, Mm -hmm. because as I talked about, that prophetic prompting and stirring that there is more for your life had already begun. But now he had to decide, was he going to act on it? And so reckless abandonment is making the decision to leave your history in order to embrace your destiny. Wow. It is giving yourself the greatest gift we can give ourselves, Prophet Johnson, is the gift of goodbye. Mm. Oh. And you had to make the Hold decision.
0: On. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Ooh, Minister Sanders, you are uh, taking me on a journey here. Hold up. You said, first, let's go back. You said, you have to make the decision to leave history in order to embrace destiny, right? That's correct. And, the, the the statement that you just made before I hit the bell, repeat that. What was that last statement?
1: The greatest gift you can give yourself and the world is the gift is of the goodbye. The
0: gift of goodbye. <laughs> Lord. And, oh, hold on. And hold so, on. I just okay. had to hit it one more time. Ooh, I had to hit the bell one more time. Go ahead, sir. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But that, and so, that's powerful. Go ahead.
1: Elisha had to make a critical decision. And I talk about it in the book, but he almost failed because Elijah was leaving and Elisha was still in that inner battle of Mm -hmm. what am I going to do? Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: so he went, he was like, let me go kiss my father and mother and tell them." And, you know, Elijah said, what do I have to do with you? Basically, like, are you wasting my time? But what he does next is so powerful. He he not only takes the yoke and the oxen, and and he you know gathers the family, but he burns he bur- everything that's down.
0: It. Yes, sir. Destroys everything it. down. Mm-hmm.
1: Why did he do that? Because he realized that if I burn it all the way down, I have no Nothing choice to go back to, but to embrace a yes, reality sir. that's not born to time yet. Wow. And wow. so if I burn this down. I have to say goodbye. Mm. I have to say hello to my future and I have to be willing to follow all the way.
0: Mm. The greatest gift we can give to ourself or the world. Is that what you said? Yes. Sir. Is the gift of goodbye. Now I know that blessed somebody just as much, maybe more as it blessed me. Good God from on high. My God, today. All right. Let just give me a a second to to gather and collect myself (laughs) so we can try to uh, bring this to a close. We may have to have you back, Minister Sanders, for part two of this discussion, because I would venture to say that you have only you've only touched the tip of the iceberg as it pertains to this powerful insightful book honor the law that governs greatness now before I get to chapter 10 and allow you to give us some insight in regards to what chapter 10 is all about the law that governs greatness what is this greatness that you're talking about let's discuss that for a few seconds what is this greatness
1: Greatness is is a lot of things to a lot of different people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if we define greatness from a kingdom perspective, greatness is the fulfillment of your purpose, the maximization of your potential, mm. and the ultimate extraction of everything that God put in you when he sent you into the earth to do in your generation and in your lifetime. That's what greatness is. Wow. It's not the things that come with success. It's not the accolades. It's not the accomplishment. It is doing exactly what he did. He, excuse me, destined for you to do and doing it to the best of your ability. That's greatness.
0: Wow. So greatness is not defined by possession. It's not mm-hmm. defined by status or position. It's not defined by materialistic things Greatness is defined by one tapping into and fulfilling their God given destiny and purpose. That's what greatness is. Exactly. Wow. Wow. All right. Chapter 10. Chapter 10, he closes this wonderful, masterfully designed piece of literature. In this chapter, and it's entitled The Double Portion. The Double Portion. This is chapter 10 of the book authored by Minister Jamil Sanders, Honor the Law That Governs Greatness. So, talk to us, sir, in our closing moments here. How, first of all, what is the double portion that you're speaking of here? in chapter 10 and how does honor operating in the principle, employing, activating the principle, how does that bring about uh, the manifestation of this double portion? Talk to us about that. Uh,
1: the double portion is, um, it's more than an anointing. It's mm. more than a transference spirit or impartation. Mm-hmm. The double portion is a legacy mantle. Wow. Um, it is the ability wow. of an individual to not just to leave a life, leave a legacy in the earth. Elijah and Elisha, they go over the Jordan and they have this conversation. And Elijah asks Elisha, his protege that served him and poured water on his hands. hmm what would you have me to do for you before I'm taken? Right. And he said, let me have a double portion of your spirit. And mm-hmm. then he said, you ask the very heart. Hard thing, thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken, you can have it.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: we know that the sea was not with the natural eye, because we know from context of the scripture that the school of the prophets were observing what was happening. Mm-hmm. So it was not just about seeing with the eye. But what he was saying is that if you can perceive who I am and what I carry, then you can get the double fortune. And wow. so as he begins to go up, we know Elijah begins to be taken up in the whirlwind, and he's going up and nothing's happening. And almost for a moment, when you read the scripture, you're like, please don't tell me that he's going to go and Elijah's not going to get it. Right. But all of a sudden, Elijah's eyes were open mm-hmm. not his natural eyes. Right. His spiritual, spiritual eyes were open, mm-hmm. and he perceived who Elijah was. And what did he say? My, my father, father. Yes, my sir. My father. Yes, sir. And when he said that, what happened? The mantle dropped. Mm-hmm. And when he identified Elijah as his father, the mantle was released. He picks up the mantle. He takes the mantle to the Jordan, parts the waters, crosses over to the other side, miraculous power begins to be activated and he does twice as much as his mentor why because he perceived that Elijah was not just a good man Mm -hmm. or a prophet not just a mentor but he was a spiritual father he was willing to invest the time and the energy to impart into him what he needed to develop so that he could reach his full potential And when he recognized what Elijah carried, Mm -hmm. he was able to unlock his capacity for greatness and get the mantle so that there could be a succession of that anointing for generations to come.
0: Wow. So would you say or are you saying in that moment when Elisha declared the words, declared the statement, my father, my father, is it safe to say? Is it scripturally sound to say that in that statement, in that moment, Elisha honored Elijah to the highest degree, and that's what unlocked the double portion?
1: Exactly. When he said those words, "My, uh, my father, my father, the horses of Israel and the chariots thereof," mm-hmm. what he was literally saying is that I honor you and because I honor you, God is going to honor your word and that word is going to become reality. And in that moment, that's when that double portion was released because he was able to see not through natural eyes, but what we need is leaders that can see through the eye of honor. And when he saw through the eye of honor, the anointing was passed, the mantle was released, and the rest of it we know is history.
0: Wow. Wow. What a powerful statement to end, unfortunately, to end this conversation, this dialogue with Minister Sanders on. He said, we need leaders who can see through the eyes of honor. Is that not a powerful and profound statement? We need leaders who can see through the eyes of honor, not through the eyes of flesh, not through the eyes of what they deem, define or categorize as ministry success or a successful ministry. We need leaders within the kingdom of God who can see through the eyes of honor. Listen, Minister Sanders, I thank you for being with us on today's episode of a Biblical Perspective podcast. I want you to take just a few moments to inform our podcast family of how they can get their hands on all of the books that you have written, but particularly... This newest release honor the law that governs greatness. How can we make this book our own? How can we get in contact with you for speaking engagements? Just talk to us. Let the listeners know how can they get in contact with you? How can they get their hands on this book in particular? And again, all of the books that you have authored thus far.
1: Uh, they can find out more information about me at uh, www.jamelsanders.com and they can also find out more information related to my books there. But all of the books are available uh, through Amazon, Kindle, Nook, and most of the major um, book distributors and outlets have access to the books. But, again, it's Amazon, Kindle, Nook, and most of the major um, book retailers and outlets have access to the book. So they have a number of different ways that they can get their hands on um, Honor and the other eight books as well that are all kind of geared toward leadership and leadership development.
0: Wonderful. Now, can you run down just uh, the titles of the other eight books that you've authored just to whet their appetite? So we know the newest book out there, Honor, The Law That Governs, Greatness. What are the other books that you have penned and authored?
1: Ooh, let's hope, let's hope <laughs> I remember. Um, Empowerment Moment. Um, okay. It's like a, a 12 principles for success um, based on scriptures and scriptural principles. Um, the other book, Soul Journey, is one of my favorites. It's a workbook on the inner work of development to becoming whole. Okay. Um, there's a book called Chosen. Uh, which is all about leadership. It delves into David and David's journey to the throne. Um, there's another book called Unbreakable, which is my life story um, about the journey to brokenness, development, and success. Um, then there is an update to Chosen. Chosen was expanded mm-hmm. and included more information. Oh, I'm almost beginning. Upgrade your mind. Um, is a book about the mind and how uh, to think at a different level. And then the other book right before Honor was significant, which is about identity and taking your personal power back.
0: OK, wonderful. Listen, the Biblical Perspective Podcast family, I know you have enjoyed this thought leader. You've enjoyed the discussion. You've enjoyed his mind you've enjoyed and you have been blessed from his mantle. Listen, you owe it to yourself. If you want to evolve into the next dimension of who Christ has ordained you to be, you need to get your hands on all of the literature, all of the books that this man of God thus far has authored. And again, most Importantly, or most particularly, his newest release, Honor the Law that Governs Greatness. Give us your website once more, Minister Sanders. What's your website?
1: It is com.
0: Wow. Thank you again, Minister Sanders, my friend, and uh, uh, also known as my nephew, his father and I, uh, as well as his mother, and my wife, we have a wonderful relationship. And I thank God for uh, this family, for the Sanders family. And again, we are so grateful and appreciative for Minister Jamil Sanders being our very special guest today right here on a Biblical Perspective podcast. Listen, you owe it to yourself. Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure that you rate the podcast and replay the This particular interview with Minister Sanders, because I'm telling you, you need to hear it over and over and over again. So what God has released, the potency, the information, the intelligence can take root and produce the fruit that he would have. Also, before I let you go, Mr. Sanders, you yourself have a podcast. I'm new to the podcast world, but he is not. He has been a podcaster. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe for 10 years you have had your podcast. Tell us what the name of your podcast is and how our listeners can subscribe to your podcast as well.
1: Thank you. Uh, Yes, it has been 10 years. Uh, The Jamel Sanders Show. Uh, they can find it through Amazon, um, not Amazon. Yeah, it is on Amazon, but Apple, uh, Stitcher, Google, uh, iHeartRadio. It's pretty much everywhere And Audible, okay. I believe, as well. And it's just basically all about empowerment and helping people to reach their full potential. So pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, you can find it.
0: Wonderful. Make sure you go and subscribe to the Jameel Sanders show the podcast hosted by none other than Minister Jamil Sanders. This is Prophet C.T. Johnson. Until our next podcast, you know that I love you, and I'm going to leave you with a quote from Minister Sanders. You respect position, but you honor character. Be empowered. I want to thank you for listening to a Biblical Perspective podcast where God's point of view matters with yours truly, Prophet C.T. Johnson. If you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to rate and subscribe to the podcast at cpnshows.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about myself and CT Johnson Ministries International, visit the website at ctjohnson.org or text the phrase Prophetic Voice to 54244. And don't forget to connect with me on social media via Instagram and Twitter at CTJ Ministries or via the ministry's Facebook page at CT Johnson Ministries. I also invite you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, CT Johnson Ministries, also known as Prophetic Voice TV for 24 hour, seven days a week of prophetic empowerment. And lastly, be sure to watch my national television broadcast, Prophetic Voice on Dominion TV, airing Tuesdays at 1030 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Thursdays at 430 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Watch the broadcast via Roku, Apple TV, or by downloading the Dominion TV app from your Apple or Google Play Store or via the website Dominion.tv. Tune in next week as we boldly and unapologetically share God's point of view.